Welcome to the Music Retail Show. Having conversations about the musical instrument industry to take you and your business farther. The Music Retail Show. Hey, welcome back to the Music Retail Show. Today, Richard and I have a great episode for you. We're speaking with Rhett Shaw, straight out of Atlanta, who has become a huge YouTube influencer over the last year and a half. And man, he's created a lot of videos coming from the guitar world, being a guitar player, and obviously about being on the road. Man, I'm telling you what, check out his channel. But right now, check out this episode as he talks about how important it is to create content and live in the video world as a music retailer. Does half the cost and double the value sound good to you? What about Made in the USA? Franklin Strap is 100% American made and you get double the quality for every dollar you spend. Call us today, 615-791-7057 and get in the strap business. Franklin Strap, the soft strap. All right, man, we are back for another episode and man, I love it when we actually have the guests in the studio. I agree with you. You know, Skyping is yep. a lot of fun too, but man, I'll tell you what, uh, it's always a great opportunity to have people here in the studio because we can fun. get to know them a little bit more. Yep. And we've got Rhett Shaw here today yes. with us. What's up, guys? All yes. the way from Atlanta. Yep. yep. I'm in town this week, so yeah. it, it worked out. But yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for coming out. So obviously, uh, uh, Rhett, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, then obviously we can kind of jump in uh, what we're going to talk to about on yeah. the show today. Yeah. So I'm a guitarist, first and foremost. Uh, I've been playing full-time since, um, I guess, 2011. Um and about a year and a half ago, I started out making YouTube videos, and that has grown to become part of, if not the full-time thing for me, alongside playing. I still play out, I still tour, uh, I still do all that stuff, but now I have a, a video camera with me pretty much at all times, and I'm shooting everything that goes okay. on around me, make man. videos about it. Yeah, man, I saw your YouTube channel, and uh, yeah, you are. It's almost like uh, you're documenting a, a good portion of your life Yeah, and what you do. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've been interested in YouTube for a long time. I've watched YouTube videos and, and creators for the better part of six or seven years now, and I just, I'm really fascinated in that kind of documentary-esque aspect of people sharing their lives and, and, you know, the vlogging thing, even though I hate that word, but it's like, <laughs> it's, um, you know, I, I just thought it would be cool to kind of share what it's, what life is like as a musician, as a guitar player, the ups, the downs, you know, the technical side of it, the entertaining side of it, all that stuff. Yeah. You're probably a big fan of reality TV shows, huh? Uh, <laughs> what was the one on MTV years and years ago? Or uh, well, there's, I, there I, was like, a ton of them, but was real, real world. Real or, world. Yeah, that, something my like that. The fact that you guys know is scaring me. <laughs> well, I'm telling you what, man, it was just kind of like, well, it was one of those shows that sometimes you watch it and you're like, I can't believe these people actually exist. Two hours yeah. gone by. <laughs> right. So on the video, how many have you done? Because I've looked, oh, I've God. looked at some of them, and you've got a lot for a year and a half. I would have thought five years. Yeah, you know, if I was just guessing. But I mean, you have a lot of videos. I mean, I, man, I, I don't actually know off the top of my head. Maybe somewhere between 150 and 180 wow. videos. Okay. And um, how many of them are you putting out a week? Or are you? It, it varies. I try. My goal is like two a week. Uh, sometimes I can get three, sometimes I only get one. It just depends on my schedule. So for instance, this week I'm here in Nashville. I'm up here for two shows um, with an artist I play for named Jesse Wilson. Her album's coming out on May 3rd, so we're doing an album release show and a thing at Grimey's, and so this week is chock full of rehearsals mm -hmm. and, okay. and gigs. And so you know, I, I will be lucky to get two videos out this week, and then next week we go to L.A. Um, to play and and do a bunch of stuff out there but I'm, I'm building you know the video production schedule in alongside my mm. my gigging schedule yeah so hopefully two a week but we'll see yeah and what is the reason for it? i mean because I mean, it obviously seems like you enjoy it yeah but, i mean what's what's the purpose behind it behind the youtube channel yeah well that's an interesting question i i just had this drive i guess to start making youtube videos i was really intrigued by it i was intrigued by some creators out there like like casey neistat for example who's a huge youtuber um and i just i don't know i had this sort of curiosity about wanting to do it i, I would watch these videos and think you know what i i like creating things and making things mm -hmm. and maybe i could do this and so 
I started out like in January of 2018, really pursuing it and making videos and putting them up. And um, I guess the purpose behind it is to kind of share, you know, my experience as a guitar player, my knowledge as a guitar player, and try and help inspire other musicians and other guitar players by a talking about you know gear talking about techniques um and then showing life on the road i have the vlog i do is called backstage journal Mm -hmm. and you know i I wanted to do that to kind of show what (laughs) being on the road is really like it's really yeah it's not that glamorous man it's 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 stinky yeah bad food yeah and and you know in the van for 15 hours a day and playing a show and and where i'm at in my career as a player right now the artist i'm playing for is mostly like opening stuff you know mm-hmm. we're touring with bigger artists and so yeah. that's a whole thing in and of itself mm-hmm. so yeah so take myself um i have a really nice camera mm-hmm. that's in a case right never used it right the microphone because i'm behind a camera all the time but I don't want to edit, but I want to get content. And I do get a lot of content on my own personal side. I A lot of times with my phone, whether it's pictures, small videos, and stuff like that. So talk to us for a minute because there's a lot of people that are listening and watching that are going to go, man, I really want to do this. But they're kind of like me. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of afraid of the backside of the camera, yeah. the editing side, right. and, and actually producing the content that is that is that has a length to it. So talk about that a little bit. Well, if you're a creative person, which you guys are both musicians, so I, I'm assuming you're both creative mm-hmm. people, um, I think you have what it takes to do that. You just need to learn the skill set behind it, which is intimidating at first, but it's just like anything else, you know, re- re- learning to yeah. record guitars or drums or whatever, like that's an intimidating prospect when you're first looking at it. Um, I would say, you know, there's plenty of great resources out there. You know, I, I learned videography and video editing from YouTube, from watching YouTube channels okay. of professional videographers and professional filmmakers who've started these channels sharing their skill sets and their knowledge. It's amazing what you can learn. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of great information out there. And then it's just after that, it's repetition. You know, gotcha. I've made, like we just said, 100 and something videos. Wow. And they get better every time. Every time I sit down to edit, I'm learning something new and doing something differently mm-hmm. and getting faster. So, you know, when you first start out, it's going to be slow. It's going to be tough. You're going to make mistakes. The videos aren't going to turn out exactly like you had pictured them in your head, and that's okay. You just have to push through that uh, and keep creating. Mm-hmm. And that's the secret, I think, to growth on YouTube. If you want to grow a channel and build a following, you have to just keep uploading. Mm-hmm. Um because at the end of the day, that's how you're going to dial in your content. That's how you're going to stay on top of the algorithm and, and yeah. all of its weirdness. Uh, but just the repetition of making a video every week uh, or every two weeks, whatever it is, and uploading it, is that's how you grow. Well, it's like that across all of social media, actually. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you listen to somebody on how to build your business on Instagram or Facebook, I mean, you have to be active. Mm-hmm. I mean, you literally have to. But um, uh, one of the big things I know that a lot of people are going to have issues with, and we've talked about this before with other store owners, is is people needing to get in front of the camera, mm-hmm. not being afraid of, of being who they are, not right. being afraid of things not being perfect. Right. Um, how can how can we talk to people as uh, music stores? Is we're trying to encourage music stores to uh, to grow, to yeah. be more effective in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, content, video content, and pictures is something that they need to be doing. So, yes. what's the first step you would tell people? Okay. Well. <laughs> to coming over that yeah, fear. It's, over, become, the reality fear. is, I, I just go back to it's the repetition. I mean, look, there. I still sometimes feel weird in front of my camera. Yeah. Like, I, it's just part of it. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine about this last night, actually. We were at dinner. Um, you know, especially when I have the camera with me in public and I'm, I'm vlogging, you know, we're on the road or I'm going through an airport or loading in at a venue or something and I want to document what's happening. Mm-hmm. I have to turn the camera on myself 
in front of people in public, and that is incredibly uncomfortable. That's got to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I'm getting I, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> like, I'm just, feeling uncomfortable listening man, to it. And I've done it now so many times, and it just you just have to learn to kind of grit your teeth and, and get through it. And it does get easier. You know, you get more... Um, <laughs> You feel like a 16-year-old yeah. girl taking yeah, selfies. Yeah, seriously, man. Like when yeah. I have the camera pointed man. at myself, it's it's just, it's so vain. I know how ridiculous I look, yeah, and people exactly. are looking at me. But when I get to that editing phase, and I, you're I have, glad you did. I'm it. so glad I have yes. that moment captured. I agree. And yeah. then the people that are watching the video, they don't care. Nah, they're yeah. they're glad nah. that I was able to share that moment. They want the content. So I, I agree would say that. You. Like think about the back end. You know, if you're uncomfortable being on camera, think about okay. You know, how is this going to help the video come across to the person watching it? What, What is, you know, what I'm sharing on camera, even though it's making me uncomfortable, how is it going to help share this piece of information, help grow my business or help inspire somebody, whatever your end goal is, you know? It just takes repetition. It takes practice, um, and you do. There is an element of you just kind of have to put your head down and do it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, you said it best when you said, "There's so many of these people. They don't care." Yeah. I mean, they see it all the time. Yeah. It's just part of our world that we live in. But but I agree with you. You know, a lot of times. I mean, we've done. I think uh, Ian shared that we've done over five thousand videos. Yeah. Here at the at, so we're in front of cameras all the time. We've got three of us, three right. of them on us. I don't even pay attention. I don't worry about it. But if I'm in an airport, yeah, man, that would weird me out. If yeah. I'm if I'm driving in an Uber, we were talking about Uber earlier. I feel like a dork, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So I guess you're right because uh, the, the, the other people don't care, <laughs> right? But the people watching it, they get to enjoy the content that you're giving them, and right. they completely block everybody else right. out. I guess is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, to me, it's just it's this. Um, I'm so self conscious about what, like, yeah, what were you? Well, we're talking so about? glad you're normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so I just, I, you're like, I'm to not me, afraid the, of anything. The image that I feel like I'm putting out there to the people around me when I have the camera yeah. pointed at me is like, oh, yeah. I'm so important that yeah. I need to film myself sharing yeah. this thing, which is, you know, not the case. It's just that's how, that's how it feels. And like I said, when mm-hmm. you get to the actual edit, there's been so many opportunities and so many great stories, stories that I've missed. And didn't get to share with people because I was too nervous to turn mm. the camera on and that's, talk that's about important. it. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, important. Yeah, it's it, it, but it's hard to get people to think like that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it would be even hard for me to get myself convince myself, right. let alone tell other people that they need to think like that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it, but it, and I think it's different for music retailers and for music stores because you know I, I would imagine most. People in that position are not going to try and go out and do a vlog type thing, you know. So I think it, for that, it's just you know getting in a comfortable space. Um, like you guys have a great studio set up mm. here, so I imagine here it's consistent. You know what it looks like. Mm. You know what it feels like when you come in here to film. I think that's an important yeah. aspect mm. of it. When I'm shooting at home, I shoot in the same basic space. It's an HVAC closet where all of the you know Christmas decorations and everything are stored. But yeah, that's sweet. my like comfort zone, and I know how to make that space look good. I know how to make it sound good. And so when I'm shooting there, I'm much more comfortable than I am when I'm in another environment. So I think gotcha. that's kind of a practical tip. If you're a music store or somebody that's trying to get into this, have a space set aside that is just your video production space because that has a psychological sort of benefits like especially a to start zone. out yeah, yeah especially to yeah start out. so uh and you can kind of control the environment more mm-hmm. you can control who's in there um mm-hmm. who's you know hearing what you're saying or what you're mm-hmm. playing you know um, because that that adds to it too if if somebody is in my space that's not normally there when i'm filming it completely changes how i talk to camera what I'm saying, the cadence of how I'm saying it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's... Now, what about uh, band members? Because I've I've seen a couple of the videos where it seemed very comfortable. Is yeah. it the band members going, oh, he's he's a prima donna. He's oh, we're used to it. Go ahead. And I'm I'm joking around, right. of course, because um, you don't come across that way. But it seems like they're very casual, very normal, very yeah. relaxed, and uh, engaging. I, I there was one that I watched. Um, I think you were somewhere and you guys were rehearsing and there was a plant and it was a pencil something. I don't remember. Pencil cactus. Okay. Well, (laughs) whoever it was that was talking with you was really good. I mean, 
mean, it was it was a good conversation. Yeah, it was very engaging. It made me want to watch. It didn't make me want to go. Ah, what's the next yeah. video? Yeah, is that something that you, is purposeful with you to where you're like, not only am I giving relevant content, but I've also got to make this comfortable, enjoyable engaging you know yeah. because there's staying power with that right. i mean how, how do you do that or what well do with you the think band about stuff that? specifically so i basically I, I play for two bands what the one you're talking about is noah guthrie and good trouble and i've been playing with noah he's a singer songwriter americana blues rock guy i've been playing with noah for five or six years now and and the dude's in that band are literally some of my best friends mm. in the world. I mean, I've, they've just become super close. And then the other artist that I play for is Jesse Wilson, who you haven't seen much of on the channel because she's been kind of laying low for the last year and a half while I've been building YouTube, but that's about to change. So to answer your question, I mean, I'm, I am really sensitive. When we're on the road, I'm really sensitive to everyone around me and kind of their state of mind and mm -hmm. and and when I'm bringing the camera out and gotcha. when I'm sharing like yeah. when I'm shooting stuff. If we're having a tough travel day it's and, no, and yeah. nerves are on edge and everybody's stressed out, I'm not gonna. Yeah. It's not that I'm not gonna film. I'm just not gonna be like shoving the camera in people's faces and like, That's hey man, call. what? How are you feeling? Yeah. But when we're relaxed, we're having a good time. Yeah, I, I want to share that. Um, and as as far as the dudes in that band, yeah, they've known me long enough. They're all great on camera. They've seen the videos. They know what's going to be shared yeah. and what's not. And so yeah. they're comfortable with me bringing the camera out and, and talking about it. And too, I, I you know, moving into this situation with Jesse, there's some new players that I haven't been around before. And so I'll just straight up ask people like, hey man, you know, I have a YouTube channel. This is what I do. Are you cool with mm. me like bringing the camera out every now and then? Yeah. And if you're not, like, please tell me. You're yeah, not yeah, gonna hurt yeah. my feelings if you just want to say like, "Hey, I don't really want to be on camera right now." Totally cool. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. um, I, I just I've been around people before who aren't very sensitive to that, and um, especially with me, they kind of feel like, "Oh, well, he's on YouTube, so he's always comfortable with being on camera," and that's not always yeah. the case. Yeah. yeah, and you know, they'll just come and kind of just shove a camera in your face. It's like, dude, that's not cool. Yeah, there's like, boundaries in yeah, all this. Read yeah. the room. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the midst of all that, you got to have a, probably a pretty good blooper reel. Yo, dude, <laughs> I've got hard drives full of stuff that like I can't put in the videos <laughs> that I wish I could. Oh yeah, it's... man, well you probably have leverage against people that you could threaten them to show video of stuff that <laughs> you can get them to do anything oh, you God. want. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, one of them that I seen that I thought was it was really I thought it was acute. Is is probably not the right word because you know we're guys and we're not supposed to say cute. Mm -hmm. But your wife was on there and yeah. she was a doll. Yeah, and uh, you did something where you, she was guessing the guitars <laughs> yeah, and all man. that. And and not only did she do a good job, but it was really kind of cool because she's you could tell that she's a fan of what you're about. Yeah. Um, so obviously, support of your spouse in yes. your case is something that is big. Um, but I thought she did a great job. Yeah, you know. So if she ever says, "I don't want to get in front of the camera." She she seemed to be very natural and very comfortable comfortable with it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, what a great opportunity to have other guitars that she didn't know about. You could have kind of blended <laughs> that in. So tell yeah, us about man, that a little my, bit. My, I got so incredibly lucky with my wife Tilly. Like she is, like. I honestly couldn't be doing what I'm doing without her and without her support. And as far as that video, that video was 100% her idea. She came to me and said, I want to do this video. I think it would be funny. And I said, yes, that's amazing. I literally yeah. just turned the camera on and she did it. Basically, the, the gist of the video is... My, does my wife know my gear? And yeah. she's sitting in front of the camera, and I'm just handing her guitars, and she's naming the guitars. Yeah. She knows the wood that yes. they're made of. Yes. What? She, knows, she was like, "This is a maple neck. I think the the fretboard." Because yeah, think you asked. I think it might be something like rosewood. Yeah, or something. I forget. We You'd blindfolded have to watch it. her at one point, yeah. and and I just handed her like my 335, and she's kind of like you know feeling it, and and she's like, "Oh, okay, it's got humbuckers, and okay, oh, this is your 335." So I was like. I did not expect her to do 
that well. Well, what was great is you handed her another guitar, and and if you haven't seen it, you need to go and watch it. Anybody listening, you handed her another guitar. She got a little feisty. She's like, "What is this? Mm-hmm. This ain't your guitar." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Holy crap, man! This is gonna get really good." And that was an awesome moment, yeah. you know. That was a... that's when it popped into my head. Is like, man, he should have snuck a few extra guitars in there. He could have got away with that it. That was a guitar I had on loan from Revolta that I had just gotten yeah. in. That she hadn't seen yet, and she was like, "Wait." You, you, this is this isn't one of yours. What is this? You know. And I thought that was amazing. Yeah, but oh she's goodness. she's but she actually guessed the guitar too. Yeah, she, and yeah. she's really cool too. With I mean, she's not a musician. She doesn't come from like a musical background, but she's been so invested in in what I'm doing, both before the YouTube channel and and playing. And she genuinely cares about what I'm doing and 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 everything. And um. She knows her stuff, man. And so we're actually talking about her kind of coming on to help me like run the YouTube channel and yeah, she be part of more, she did a good more job. videos yeah. and, mm-hmm. and everything. Because people really love her, man. Every time she's on the channel, I get comments all the time about, when's Tilly going to be another video? And, really? Yeah. yeah. There you so, go, man. Yeah, yeah. She, was, she was awesome. It's a really great situation. Yeah. Now, another thing that I want to talk about, and I feel like we're deviating away from the, the YouTube channel, is you did a Strat shootout. Yeah. Uh, which I found really entertaining because uh, Mario actually used to work for us. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And and so that was one of the guitars. He had a uh, a Sir guitar, mm-hmm. one of Mario's guitars, and then he had a custom shop yep. Strat. Yep. Tell us about that because I thought that was an interesting uh, way you did that. Yeah. So that was one of my more recent, actually my most recent video that I just put up. Um, I so he, near me in Atlanta, there's a shop called Righteous Guitars, and very nice. Yeah, they're very great, nice great store. store. Those guys, Ben Calhoun and, and Jeff Gans, and all those guys down there are great. Um, and I've been shooting videos down there for over a year now, and hadn't that kind, that video was actually sort of thrown together. I knew I wanted to do a video down there, so I just went to the store, brought all my camera stuff, and me and Ben were just kind of talking up, like, "Oh, we could do this, we could do this." And tell so, us who Ben is. Just... So Ben Calhoun is is the guy who, who appears in my videos. There, okay. he's he's one of the main um, dudes that works down there. Mm-hmm. Incredibly knowledgeable. The thing I like about Righteous is it they are the epitome of customer service in a guitar store um you walk in you know whether you're looking to spend a thousand dollars on something or fifteen thousand dollars on something you're going to get the same level of customer service from those guys they're incredibly knowledgeable they're incredibly helpful and so with that video i said you know well what if we did a comparison between kind of three different price ranges of strats and my idea was to do an american standard fender a boutique strat and a Mm. fender custom shop and Mm -hmm. Um, we ended up going with the Sur because they didn't have an American standard in stock, and I felt that that was sort of the closest thing to. And those are those are hot guitars. Yeah, right they're now. amazing yeah. guitars, yeah, yeah. you know. And and I did get some pushback in the comments for saying the Sur was the quote unquote budget guitar, which you know, it's definitely <laughs> it's not. not. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. for the purposes of that um, discussion, it was so. Yeah, I just basically played the three different guitars, recorded them played the same stuff on all three guitars and sort of talked about the differences and feel and the overall art the theme of the video was you know is is a fender custom shop guitar worth the extra money over mm. something like a sir or mm. over something like a mario and obviously that's an intensely subjective thing that sure. yeah. you you get five different people to play those three guitars and you're gonna get five different answers sure. And for me, I felt that for what I like out of a Strat, the custom shop did it the best. If I was going to actually put the money down and buy the guitars, I probably would have bought the Mario because mm. it was a little less expensive and it was close enough to the custom shop as far as the feel that I liked. Yeah. Yeah. That, and the salesman liked it. I yeah. could tell that he was kind of trying to be subjective, right. but he was kind of trying to talk about the appointments and mm-hmm. it seemed like, if I was guessing, that would have been the one that he would have yeah. chose. Is Righteous carry Mario's guitars yeah. in there? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's yeah. cool. That's great mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, so they, they're Mario. I mean, do they have... Almost everything you can. It's a beautiful about. shop. You yeah. need to check it out. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's where I got introduced to Novo guitars and and bought my Novo. Which, if you're familiar with my channel at all, you know my yeah. my pink sparkle yeah, Novo. Yeah. That's my yeah. my baby. That's you the, know. that's the guitar. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So, yeah. Man, very cool. Very cool. Um, actually, uh, it, it, going to videos, there was a one video from several years ago where it was two. Maybe you've seen it. it was two twin mm-hmm. guys that were sitting down and they're comparing. They're playing it both through the same rig. They're playing it like an Affinity Strat, mm-hmm. 
or a Squire Strat mm-hmm. and a Fender Custom Shop Strat. Yeah. And then they're sitting there playing it, and you're trying to guess which one. Right. And, you know, and we've actually sat around here a couple of times trying to. And it's funny, man. If you yeah. get if you get a, a budget guitar mm-hmm. in an experienced guitar player's hands, they can make that guitar sound like an right. expensive guitar. Right. You can hear some of the nuances and the tone, the tonality of the guitar. You can hear that jump out on the nicer guitar. Yeah. But I'm telling you what, man. You um, there's a lot of great guitars being built these yeah. days. Yeah. That uh, you don't have to spend. And that's the thing I think that gets lost, especially, you know, in in videos like I just did where you're comparing like the tone and the appointments and and bringing the price into it and people are commenting, oh, I would never spend this much. Oh, it's totally worth. The thing that I think gets lost is it's totally down to the player. Is it worth spending $5,000 on a custom shop guitar? If you're that player. If you're that player. If, If that guitar is what inspires you to pick it up and play it every day, then it is absolutely worth $5,000. Yeah, I agree. If a Squire Affinity Series Strat is what does that for you, then that is the guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like Jack Pearson. No, I was oh just going to say Jack Dude, Pearson. I, yeah. Oh, my God. I've seen Jack Pearson play so many times. He has some of the best guitar tone I've ever heard, and the dude plays a what? stock Squire Yeah, it's an Infinity Strat, strat right? Yeah, yeah, like a $300 Strat. Yeah. And yeah. It's all in the <laughs> he, fingers. He, right. he actually bought it at a pawn shop. What? Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, and yeah. I think he bought it at, at someone that we know his pawn shop. That's that's the the rumor. But you know, I, I he probably paid a hundred and twenty yeah. bucks for it. Yeah. You know? But oh, it's wow. his favorite. One well, of his yeah, favorite when you're guitars. Jack Pearson, you know, you can <laughs> well, make any guitar sound like oh, a million dollars. Well, hey, getting back onto now. Obviously, you spend a lot of time in music stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, obviously, you get the whole purpose of that. Now, if you were going to walk into a music store or the ones you know, like. What is some advice that you would give uh, music store owners and say, hey, you know what? Here's some aspects that I would focus on doing video. Yeah. Um, you know, or, 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 you know, just some snippets. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that are listening to this or watching this show going, man, I'd love to get started. I'd love to do that. I don't mind editing. Mm-hmm. I don't mind getting in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I got this store here. I just don't even know where to start. Well, well let, let me interrupt. I think the question before that is the why. Yeah. There's be a lot right. of people going why 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 should i do this yeah it's time consuming it's a lot of commitment mm-hmm. i could be selling something i could be doing something else yeah what is the value behind it what what is the reason where you go you know yes it is time consuming yes it's a lot of work it's a lot of commitment but this is the value what is well, that? well the the reason is the future is video Straight up. I mean we we are headed towards you know with with the internet and YouTube in general the future of content consumption is the three to ten minute video format um, on on a website like YouTube. YouTube is the second largest website mm-hmm. in the world behind Google, which is, uh, is YouTube Google. is owned mm-hmm. by Google and mm-hmm. operated by Google. And the major advantage that YouTube has is that it's a search engine like Google. So um, you're going to be able to create content that is, you know, evergreen content that will continue to get views and bring in um, revenue to your store, bring in, you know, bring awareness to your store. So I think that's the why. I think you should absolutely be considering creating some kind of video outlet um, for your stuff and define evergreen for people that are yeah so evergreen meaning that it's always generating views it's always generating watch time um so you know the way i would think about making an evergreen video is making something that you know is going to be highly searched so for me most recently i did a video on like the line six helix because that's a really popular thing a lot of people are looking it up they want to hear what it sounds like they want to know about it so that is an evergreen video it's going to constantly be bringing in views Mm -hmm. it'll fluctuate it'll it'll have days Mm -hmm. where it's bringing in a ton. It'll have days where it's only bringing in a few dozen, but uh, it's constantly bringing in new views. So to answer your question um, about music stores, some things they should be thinking about. First and foremost, YouTube is transactional. If If your goal is to grow your audience on YouTube, which it should be to help promote your store or your brand, whatever it is, you need to be providing content that is adding value to the person watching that video. Um, gear demos are great, right? People always want to hear what a pedal sounds like, what an amp sounds like, whatever. But that's not exactly 
transactional, right? Like what am I getting out of a gear demo video other than just, oh, I'm thinking about buying this new Tube Screamer and I wanna kinda hear what it sounds like for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, there's already a ton of people out there doing that and it's a crowded market and it's not exactly gonna be the most effective way, I think, to grow your audience and your brand around your store. So rather think about, um, okay, I wanna highlight this new, you know, okay, for example, let's say we just got Mario Martin in our store and we wanna highlight some of their new guitars. Great. What's a video that you can do talking about, you know, here's, you know, five different ways to get, you know, as many different tones out of your strat as possible. And you're playing the Mario and you talk about, hey, we're here at so-and-so music and we just got Mario Martin in. If you're interested, come down and check him out. Okay, now to the video. Here's how you get whatever. So the person watching that video is gaining some knowledge and some information from your content mm -hmm. that they can mm -hmm. use whether or not they go to your store and or buy your piece of gear or not. Um, I think that's a huge part of growing an audience is showing them that, hey, look, you know, you're going to gain something from your subscription here. It's transactional. That I think is a huge, huge thing that uh, some some people I think overlook. So overlook the fact that they, you know, I'm going to invest time in watching this video. The 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 person creating the content needs to make sure that they're getting something right. out of that. It's not just a. It's another. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you know, it's something they're going to learn something right. new about the, right. the, the, and, and the that, product or That can store be entertainment service. value, right? Like you yeah. can make your videos really entertaining to watch. I think Chicago Music Exchange does an amazing job. I think they've done an amazing job as a music retailer of, of figuring out the YouTube Absolutely. space. I mean, they kill it, man. Their production value is amazing, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. um, so thinking about like, okay, cool, how can we add value to people's mm -hmm. lives while growing this platform and getting our name out there? Well, that's and you brought up a you brought up a good uh, part of the conversation is is um, not well, you said quality, right? Mm -hmm. the, the quality of the content or the uh, production value. Yeah. I'm sorry, production value. Now, at, at music stores, obviously, as people are getting started, production value is, you know, you talked about earlier, repetition. Yeah. Is production value as important as people really think it is? It is and it isn't. So there's, I don't think there's a direct correlation to your production value and the number of subscribers that you're going to gain. Um, but I think it is important to, uh, you know, your videos should look good. They should sound good, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're a music store or music retailer and you're, you're demoing gear or having gear featured in videos that you're trying to sell, that video should sound really good. It's a reflection of, of what you're yeah. about. I agree with you. Right. Yeah. You, you shouldn't be using the microphone on the camera and like just picking up the sound of the room like, you know, okay, here's the 65 Deluxe Reverb and, you know. Mm -hmm. So taking the time to um, have the videos look really great, have them sound really great is important. Now, do you need to be Quentin Tarantino in, in making <laughs> art piece films? No. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that's one thing that I like to do on my channel. I'm really interested in videography and, and kind of the visual aspect of it. And so I have spent a lot of time making my videos look somewhat cinematic, if you will. And that's become, I think, part of my brand. People, I, I, I was going to point that out. I felt like when I was watching your videos, I was getting the same kind of flavor as I was watching the videos on every one, right. meaning that, hey, this is one of Rhett's videos. Yeah, and that that's the most important thing. Your production value, I think, needs to be consistent. Yeah. So whatever you decide to go with, if you want it to look like it was shot on 35 millimeter film, or you just want it to look like it was just done on camera, that should be consistent so that uh, people know when they're watching. And again, Chicago Music Exchange is a great example of this. You know just by looking at it that you're watching a CME video from the way their set looks, from the way it's lit, mm -hmm. from the way their cameras are shot. You know, the, the, There's a consistency there that I think fits the whole aesthetic of their overall thing. Um, is that is that something you evolved into, or early on you said, "Hey, I'm going to do this, but I have to do it this way." It was something that I wanted to do from early on because, again, I was really interested in the videography side of it. I love the visual aspect of making videos, right? Like, how can I make this guitar look like it was shot on, you know, a film yeah. camera or whatever? Mm -hmm. I've always loved that. It's just another ex like form of creative expression for mm -hmm. me. Um, 
So now I, I've definitely gotten better as I've, I've, as I've done it. My early videos, I don't think look as good as the stuff that I've been doing more recently, but that's to be expected. Sure. Sure. Now let's talk about equipment. Let's mm-hmm. talk early on. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it hasn't changed, but early on equipment mm-hmm. and maybe middle of the road and then equipment today, how, how, how has the equipment evolved or has it? Well, it's definitely evolved okay. in that it's, the the um the barrier to entry is way lower nowadays than it was five years ago. Oh sure, right? Like you can get a great looking camera to shoot on for three four hundred bucks, whereas five years ago you had to spend closer to a thousand to get something that looked decent. Um, from a technical aspect, I think uh, shooting on a DSLR camera, a camera where you can swap lenses out, is is incredibly important. Do you have to do that? No. You can make great looking videos on an iPhone or a, or a Samsung or whatever. You just don't have as much control over the image uh, as you would on you know a nicer higher mm-hmm. end camera. Um, Again, when it comes to audio, having good microphones and a decent recorder, you know, you can do something like that strap video I just did. I recorded that on a Zoom recorder, a little Mm -hmm. H4N. I plugged the two mics going from the amp directly into that, and it sounded great. Sounded good, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have a full, you know, 24 channel recording studio with a hundred thousand dollars in outboard gear and neve mic pre's and distressors and everything to make it sound good i think a lot of people think that that's what it takes it doesn't it doesn't at all um the most important thing when it comes to your equipment is your workflow needs to be dialed in if you have to set up four different lights and three cameras and a whole recording rig every time you want to make a video you're never going to make it you're never going to make videos consistently but if you have one camera and a quick and easy setup and you know how to use that camera and that audio equipment to make it look good and sound good Mm -hmm. quickly you're going to start cranking out content like you wouldn't believe so what 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 equipment do you have okay uh, so all my videos I, i shoot on sony cameras um because i like I think they're the best all around for video production compared to Nikon or Canon. Um, I have a Sony a7 III. I just upgraded to that. Most of the videos you're going to see on my channel were shot on an a6500, which is kind of a more entry-level mirrorless camera. Mm-hmm. Um, those are great. You know, you can get one of those len- with a lens used for like 1500 bucks, and that's all the camera you would ever need for YouTube, mm-hmm. yeah. like straight up. The only reason I upgraded was because I wanted to go to a full-frame camera because I'm nerdy about that stuff. <laughs> um, and then as, as far as like recording audio, when I'm at home, I do have a more kind of robust studio setup. I have some outboard gear, some mic pre's, some, some good mic selections. Uh, but when I'm you know doing stuff at Righteous, I take two mics. I take a, a SM57 and an MD421, and I go into my Zoom recorder and my one camera and a couple of lights – you know the LED yeah. light panels I got on Amazon, They're like yeah, eighty for, bucks, yeah, piece yeah. starter um, light kit. Yeah, start, now I will say with the lights, don't go with the large. They're called soft boxes. We've all kind of probably seen them. They're the big, bulky yeah, things. We have a few. Yeah, <laughs> well, well we not in here. Yeah, no, you guys are all LED in here. In fact, I think I have these exact lights yeah. that you guys are using. Um, we have more equipment, but we've yeah. we, we've started with that. Yeah, so for lighting, you know, lighting is important. Um, being able to control your lighting, so. That means, you know, if you're shooting in a music store, don't shoot next to a window. Set your video space up in a dark corner or in a a back room because then your lighting is going to be consistent. If you're shooting next to a natural light source like a window, over the course of your video, it may take two or three hours to shoot a video, and during that time, the light's going to change. Yeah, Yeah. so you're going to have cuts in your video where the light looks completely different, and it's going to be distracting. Mm. Um, So controlled lighting sources i would use led light panels because they're small they're light they're cheap they don't get hot Mm. um bulbs don't burn out let's talk about preparation Mm because a lot of a lot of times we've seen people um that own music stores and this is just kind of a pet peeve of mine that they do a video and i'm kind of this person i like doing things on the fly yeah but if something's not good, I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that. Right. Um, but but I see people do videos of their store, and they're like, um, and and yeah. the price is wrong, and that, and then I was watching one where he's like, uh, hey everybody, and he's doing all this. Right. But the camera was facing that way, <laughs> and I just want to, and I know the guy, and I just want to call him up and go, dude, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. 
do you not pay attention to this kind of stuff? So talk to that. Not extreme as extreme as I just did, because yeah. I can say that. Because you know, well, maybe I can't say it, but I did say it. <laughs> but you did. But, but you, you know, will. you know my point. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's kind of comical when you see people that are are doing that with their phone and they're doing all this stuff and the camera's facing the wrong way. They don't do it right. Whatever. You have thought in some of your stuff. You have preparation. You have. Um, maybe things that you go, I have to capture this yeah. to capture a video, yeah. and if I don't get it, it's a no. Is that accurate? Yes. Talk to us about the, that. The, all right, so the preparation is key. Now, do you need to spend three days storyboarding a whole? No. But a lot of times when I'm working on a video, okay, so I'll, I'll just tell you guys right now, the next video I'm going to work on today when I'm in town is I'm, I'm doing a video on like tips for flying with guitars and with gear. Mm. Um, getting through airports effectively with your guitars, getting them on and off the plane, what to say to the gate agents to not have to check your guitars, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so for me, the prep for that would be, I'm gonna sit down with a little notepad and I'm just gonna jot down kind of the overall outline of the video. This is what I wanna cover. This is kind of how I want the flow to be. I, I have a picture of what I want the video to feel like when it's done. Yeah, mm -hmm. that You should apply that same thought process to everything you're doing, even if you're just putting out a 60 second thing for Instagram, what do I want this to look like? Absolutely. That is so important because if your goal is to bring people into your store, you want to provide a really sort of, I guess, enticing image. Absolutely. To bring, oh, that looks awesome. I you want, want to come it to in look there. good. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. think about what do you want it to look like? And reference other stuff go online and look up other stores or other creators and you're like dude that looks awesome how do i do that and yeah. and kind of think about well what are they doing oh this is where mm -hmm. they're shooting this is how their videos flow mm -hmm. if if it's a total afterthought for you you're already starting off on the wrong foot um mm -hmm. you should have a picture of what it is going to look like when it's done absolutely yeah. um now sometimes that's not always possible sometimes like that strat video i kind of was winging it a little bit mm -hmm. and so in that case i shot way more stuff than i ended up actually using yeah but yeah. you're shooting something with experience behind you yeah so you might we might be talking a little bit more to people who are just trying to get started right. yeah and i guess what i'm talking about is people that they you know and i hate facebook live mm -hmm. Because they use Facebook Live and they go, hey, everybody, we're Facebook Live and we're doing this and that. Right. It's a wreck. Yeah. It's a mess. Their prices are wrong. And mm -hmm. I'm talking about stores. Mm -hmm. The cameras face the wrong way. Yeah. They're stuttering. And I'm just going, oh, my God. It would be better for you not to put that out. Right. Well, live streaming is an incredibly useful tool if you know how to use it. So I think you should be live streaming. But this goes back to this point. Put some thought into it beforehand. Don't just decide, oh, you know what? I haven't done Facebook or Instagram live in a couple of days. Let's just go on and like, uh, here, here's the store. You know, yeah. we're going to show some. Like, have a purpose. Have a concept it. behind yeah, it. Okay, absolutely. maybe every Thursday we do an hour live stream and we talk about, oh, here's some new stuff we got. Treat it almost like a radio show or a podcast mm -hmm. where, you know, you have a certain day and a certain time that you go live and and you have segments and oh, here's five new things we got in this week or oh, here's here's some budget stuff that you can, whatever your idea. thing. Is. I like what you're saying. And yeah. it goes back to that consistency. You know that, oh, every Thursday at 5 p.m., so-and-so music store is going live onto their mm -hmm. Facebook followers or Instagram or YouTube, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Uploading videos. Oh, so-and-so music store, every Monday they have a new video out. You know mm -hmm. That is really, really key to, to growing uh, your stuff. Now, getting back to like the, the preparation side of it, a lot of times I will shoot way more video than I actually end up using. Do not be afraid to fill up that SD card on your camera because I would much rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And a lot of times what's happened is, you know, especially when I shoot at Righteous, every time I'm in there, I shoot B-roll of the store. I'll get shots of the guitars. Mm -hmm. I'll focus in on some stuff that they've got. Even though I might not use it, a lot of times if I talk about righteous or something in a video or I'm, I'm speaking on that subject, I now have so much B-roll that I can pull from to throw into my video, and that has instantly upped the value of the video. And by B-roll, I mean footage that's, that's not actually 
what's going on at the moment. So yeah. if I'm talking to camera, a B-roll shot would be a shot of you know something that happened earlier or at a different time. Gotcha. Or the amp. If you're talking about an amp, it yeah. might be other shots of the amp going yeah. around showing it or something. That, that's a huge part of the production of, of your videos is shooting B-roll. So again, yeah, like let's say you're, you're wanting to highlight a new guitar that you got into your store. You know, you've, you're on camera talking about the guitar, playing the guitar. You should also get a bunch of different shots of the guitar on the stand or maybe lean it up against an amp or whatever. And yeah. so people can actually focus in. Oh, I'm talking about, oh, it has the Goto 510 bridge on it. Let me cut to a shot of that bridge. What that does is it keeps people engaged in your video and watching it longer, which yeah. is really the reason, what you're, the trying, reason to what you're yeah, trying to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I don't know. I think this is good stuff. I think a bit, the big part of everything we're talking about, you know, we can talk about the nuts and bolts and the details, but um, but um, I think a big thing we need to do is just encourage. We need yeah. to encourage stores that they need to do it. They need to repetition. Yes. I think repetition might be the word of the day mm-hmm. because through repetition you're going to learn how to shoot better. You're yeah. going to have you're going to be able to know what you're doing. You're going to be able to edit. You're going to yeah. be able to do a lot of different things that will make you better. And uh, the world that we're going in, would you agree? Hey, if you want to be a successful music store, or you want to be a music store that's going to have an impact, you have to have video content yeah and you're gonna stay relevant man like you're you're gonna appeal to the younger audience of of players out there that are getting into guitar right like if if i had when i was first starting out buying guitars and learning it dude i didn't know a strap from a les paul and you know if there had been a, a resource for me where I could go online and watch my local music store talk about this kind of stuff and oh. educate me on this kind of stuff, I, they would have earned a customer for life yeah. from me. You know, I mean, that's so important. Um, that's interesting that you say that because what you're saying is you don't have to be in their store to be a customer no. at that moment. No, especially now with online retail, yeah. like you know, yeah. with righteous. That's interesting. I know that I've I've driven a lot of traffic to righteous guitars mm-hmm. just from what they've told me and from people that have commented on my video. Oh, I just ordered a guitar from Righteous because I've seen them in your videos. When I go, when I was there for the Strat video last week, a, a guy walked up to me. Oh man, I, I'm here because I I watched your videos and and wanted to come check the store. So we need out. to work on getting kickbacks for you. I know. I was like, <laughs> we need to, I need to talk to the guys down there about maybe a guitar or something. To, with you know? Guido and a friend and go down <laughs> to Atlanta. You think at fifty percent good is that yeah. what you're yeah 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 we'll, 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 we'll no talk it's a about killer it. store you, you need to check oh, it out it really is where's it at in it's, it's in alpharetta which is north of atlanta it's in a suburb north of atlanta and it's an incredible store man they, they deal primarily in like high-end they're huge if you're a prs guy they're one of the biggest prs dealers mm. out there um a lot of boutique amps a lot of boutique guitar companies um it's it's just an impressive space it's good it's stuff. nice yeah. it's real clean i like it they have a plec there as well which is cool i did oh, a video oh, on wow, that I didn't know yeah that. so you can get your guitars oh, plucked wow. over there yeah well you have in a completely different world as well going on mm-hmm. so uh i mean i was noticing that there's a uh, flat5.com mm-hmm. so uh you're on the education side and yeah. also you are very into making uh, kemper profiles yep. and helix profiles too yep. yep so that's a whole nother side of this uh, world that uh is interesting to me yeah man so flat five is is my place online where you know i have basically it's it's sort of a patreon style thing i call it the green room and it's for people who like want to support me and the channel they can sign up on the green room and i post lesson content over there each week and so you own that uh that's I, yours yeah it's well it's i don't own the website uh but i'm friends with the guy who founded it and okay. started it um because i noticed rick beato is on yep. there he's man i love his videos yeah man i've known rick for six or seven years i used to intern for him and engineer for him and that's actually how i got the gig that brought me to nashville was through rick's oh okay studio yeah, i was world. actually the one who um encouraged him to start youtube about three years ago oh really yeah and that has obviously been a massive success. Dude, his his video for, that he did on uh, miking uh, those Marshall amps yeah. at Jubilee 2555 yeah. and the 800. Yeah. Dude, I sat there and listened to that because by the time he got done and he's going through the you know, the mic pre's and, the, and everything he did and how to mix it and put it on there, and you're like, my gosh, that sounds just yeah. like Angus Young playing. Yeah, and I actually he, shot he can that video. That. I, was in, I was in the studio that day, and Dave oh, really? Honorado, Dave Honorado was the guy who's playing uh, on that video. And um, yeah, we just, that was a total like, hey, let's, we, he 
had just bought those marshals he has a full jubilee stack and uh it was jcm 800 stack yeah. and we're like well, let's just yeah let's just do this and so i i shot it my our buddy dave played who's an awesome player um and we threw it together and it was a, a killer video man. dude it's a killer video yeah. i've actually suggested people to watch that video yeah. so i think that's awesome man yeah so, but so you guys are all kind of connect to get at, mm-hmm. together on flat5.com yeah so flat5 you know rick has a bunch of of uh like courses and stuff over there for sale and i'm working on a course that i'll hopefully have out pretty soon over there um, but i do a lot of like the Helix presets and the Kemper profiles. I've been really fascinated in the Kemper and the Helix as practical tools for guitar players mm-hmm. recently. And um, I was able to get my hands on a Helix about three months ago. I took it on tour with Noah uh, for the last two months and have been using it live and created my own presets for it that I've been using with Noah and figured out from using them in the videos, there's pretty high demand for them. So I, I offer all the preset packs for, for sale, and I've yeah. released HX Stomp presets as well. I think the Helix um, and the Kemper are incredible tools man, yeah. for for working guitar players or even people that are, are hobbyists. The Kemper, I mean, <laughs> you can essentially have $500,000 worth of amps mm-hmm. in one box. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, man! I I got one. I I got one last September, and I bought it off a guy. It was a uh, it was a, um, a producer here in town. He was kind of getting out of the business, and and I was over there uh, looking at some of his gear, and he had one. I said, "Man, are you going to sell that?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, make an offer." And I made an offer, and I took it. And I was like, "Crap!" I just walked out of here with a Kemper, and I loved it. But he had uh, is it Mike Britt? Yeah, the Mike Britt, uh, yeah. and man, he had uh, one of uh, Keith uh, Urban's Dumble a uh, bunch of patches yep. in there, and it sounded great. And yep. I'm like, you know, and you're sitting there going, "Okay, it's Kemper Profile. Let me plug it in, and see how well it sounds." And you're sitting there playing, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this sounds way better than yeah. it should. Yeah. It really does." Yeah, the, the key with the Kemper and the Helix, the unit is only as good as the profiles and the presets that you're using. So I've I've heard people, you know, talk to me, "Oh, I had a Kemper, it sounded awful, and I got rid of it." It's like, well. Uh, you probably didn't, if you were profiling your own amps, you probably didn't do it that well, or you were using cheap, poorly made profiles. Because, you know, if you're using like the Embrit stuff is good. Um, I've taken a lot of time and, and honed in my profiles to make them sound and feel. That's the more important thing, to make it feel like the real amp. Yeah. And to make it work in a live context, which means they're more mid-forward, they're more, you know, mid-focused, kind of help cut through to mix. Um they're they're great. I'm I'm hopefully in talks about maybe going out to California to uh, a collector's house to profile uh, this guy who has six dumbbells. Oh my gosh! Um, so we're gonna see. I don't know that if that's guy's a for got sure. a problem. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> yeah, it's called, you too much it a problem, money, or you could call yeah, it. A, <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, an either. affinity for great amps, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah we'll, which we'll is see. not a problem. But he's got. But to get to Man. six, my gosh, wow. you got yeah. like five wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. there's a yeah. sixth one. I think I'll yeah. buy it. Yeah, you know. So I just want to go just to be in a room with six dumbbells and be able to play. Yeah, yeah. You know, you and that guy are the only two people on the planet that probably have done it. So man, that's pretty <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, man. So, but that's pretty cool. I know it's pretty big. The the Kemper, obviously, when I got that Kemper, you start running across other Kemperites. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. know, to, to be silly like about Kemperites. it, Kemperites, yeah. and you're like, all of a sudden, you got this whole group of people that you all go hang out, and you're like, hey, I got a Kemper, but um, but people love them, man. I yeah. mean, and, and 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 the thing is, is um. You know, these guys who are really into it. And that was when I was sitting there talking to that producer that day. I was just like, I don't know, man. I just, I really like the sound of a real amp. And he goes, he goes, I'm telling you what, this is great. And I was like, yeah, I can tell the difference. He goes, no, you can't. Yeah. And I was like, I think I can. He's like, no, you can't. Yeah. And I said, I, I don't know, man. I've been around real amps too much. He goes, I'm telling you what, I'll pull up a mix right now. Mm-hmm. And and you tell me which one's the real amp and yeah. which one's the not and, not. and you won't be able to. And we pulled it up and he played it. And I'm telling you what. You cannot tell the difference. Yeah. I mean, people who have real profiles that do do it really well, it's uh, it's a killer business. So when I saw that you were doing that mm-hmm. and creating it, some of them with uh, Deluxe, is that mm-hmm. uh, yep. uh, one of the amps you've been uh, yep. working with? And uh, man, I'm telling you what, it's just it's 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 extremely useful for right. today's it's musician. Just a really practical thing. But you know, I actually have this theory that is not very popular online and on forums. Which 
which I don't spend very much time in forums anyway. But I actually don't think the difference matters, right? I, th- I think there are, there is a difference between the tube amp and the digital recreation, whether that's a Kemper or Axe Effects or Helix, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. In the context, especially if you're gigging, that difference is so minuscule that, okay, so for the Kemper, the, the thing that everybody always talks about with the Kemper is how close to the real amp is it? And to me, I don't care how close to the real amp it is because with a real tube amp, if you've toured or you've played out, you know that if you go from different venue to different venue each night, your amp is going to sound different. Mm-hmm, your room is going to sound different. Yeah. The power coming out of the wall is going to make the amp feel and respond differently. So what you're doing is actually just comparing the Kemper to the real amp in the moment in time in which the real amp was captured. But if you're in a studio, you mic it up, you might mic it up slightly differently, or you might play it with a different guitar. It's not going to be the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. So to me, the difference or, or the similarity doesn't matter. What matters is, does it feel like the real thing? Does it feel like an amp? And does it feel inspiring to play? And to me, the Kemper, the Helix presets that I've made, they do that for me and yeah. they work. Yeah. You know? Now, I still love I'm playing my tube amps like this week with with uh, with Jesse. I'm playing a 5e3 Tweed Deluxe. There's actually a Mojo Tone kit that I built, and mm-hmm. it sounds amazing. And I love. I mean, tube amps are fun. Like you, you have your pedal board going into the front end of a great tube amp. My main amp is a divided by 13 FTR 37. I adore that thing. I'll never get rid of that amp. Mm-hmm. But there's a convenience factor, right? Like that amp, that divided by 13, when the head in its road case is almost 90 pounds and then oh, i have yeah. a 212 ca- 212 cab in a road case that's the same weight you know and i don't i don't have a roadie or, or tech mm-hmm. or anything and so with noah you know we were on tour with dwight yokum uh in march as an opening act i'm not i don't want to bring my big amp out when i have a 15 minute changeover between their set or our set and their set like i want something that's quick and easy i can throw it on the floor and so i took the helix and it was great yeah and I was able to run stereo. And it sounded exactly the same every single night because I wasn't miking up cabinets yeah. and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you find out real quick how dedicated people are when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, carrying around heavy mm-hmm. amps. So yeah. yeah, let me tell you, as a drummer, it sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, especially all the hardware. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can you go get that for me? But, uh, man, this has been good. So yeah. I know um, you had brought it up before, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm just thinking maybe to wrap things up, man, you were a backstage journal. Yeah. So maybe just kind of talk about where what you're doing and where you're going forward and what the future plans are. So backstage journal is the vlog series that I do on my channel, and they're really some of my favorite videos that I've done because they are like kind of miniature documentaries, yeah. like storytelling. I just love it. And so I'm expanding that into a podcast. Um, I'm actually starting going to be recording the first few episodes this week here in Nashville. Um, so it's not released yet, but it will be. And you can find out more about that. Like on my website, retshell.com. I'll have all that stuff posted up there, but that's really what I'm interested in in the future is um, just continuing to kind of create and, and express and share this whole life as a musician with people. Yeah. And, you know, because I think what we do is really interesting and really cool. And I don't think there's enough people out there really talking about it and re- really sharing it. Mm. Um, so I would like to find a way to bring in people who are not just musicians into that fold as well and, mm. and kind of show, like, you know, life in the musical world. So. Yeah. Now tell us yeah. more about the podcast. What you're what you're going to be doing is just yeah, it's going to be a weekly. Gonna... Yeah, it'll be uh, right now. It'll, it'll just be audio. Um, there might be a video aspect to it as well. Haven't decided on that yet. Uh, but it'll be a weekly show, open discussion with with interesting people. Oh, cool. Um, I've been really fortunate in in my career as a musician so far to get to know some really cool people mm-hmm. in this business. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, I think. Some of them aren't interviewed very often and aren't uh, in the public very often, and I'd like to kind of highlight them and and yeah, share. And it's more doing. on the road type stuff. It'll be on the road type stuff. It'll be in studio type stuff. You know, I'd I'd really like to get some interesting builders and people that I've gotten to work with through the YouTube channel on. I'd like to get other YouTubers on to kind of mm-hmm. talk about that whole side of yeah. the business as well. And um, that sounds like it'll be a blast. Yeah, I'm yeah. really excited about it, man. Because yeah. I love podcasts, like. What you guys are doing is is great. When I'm in the car and driving, most of the time I'm listening to podcasts. Yeah, me okay. too. You know, me too. this yeah. is yeah. 
like YouTube, this is another really great medium and format mm-hmm. to be getting into. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be rolling out here pretty soon. Yeah, in the hopefully in the future. next two weeks. Yeah. I gotta write some music for it. I gotta like get some of the production stuff down for it, you know. because um, I'm producing everything myself, so um I've got to get all that stuff done and, and out, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, so everybody needs to go to retshoal.com. They can find out where you might be playing. They yep. find out the new videos that you got coming out. Yep. And obviously, if you're into uh, Kemper and Helix Profiles, you can get a lot of mm-hmm. that through there There's as well. There's a website, so. yeah. All my tour dates are posted on there. I just found out we're going to Europe in December. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Netherlands and Germany and all that stuff. Oh, so that's cool. That'll all be up there. Yeah, wow. who are you doing that through? With Noah. Oh, okay. Yeah, all so right, we'll be cool. with Jesse. I'll be out with the Black Keys in October. October, we're going out with them, um, oh, okay. and then with, out with her in uh, August as well. And then Noah will be out in um, the Netherlands in December. Oh, that okay. sounds fun, man. Yeah. Well, man, hey, to wrap it up, one question on the spot. Uh-oh. Best guitar player ever. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> My gut tells me Derek Trucks. Oh, oh no. no. Why? Oh. Why? There's a guy here that's yeah. a huge Derek Trucks fan. Yeah, because no. you brought up PRS earlier. At the, and he's I was a like, PRS fan. And he's a big PRS yeah. fan. Yeah. I was cringing when you Trucks said fan. that. It's just insane. Dude, jokes. as soon as he hears this, he's going to be he's walking gonna, okay. around like this. Well, you know, I'm gonna he's going to give you a hug. <laughs> You're going to defend Yeah, <laughs> listen, <laughs> he's, he's got a man crush on you now. I've seen Derek play so many times, both with Tedeschi Trucks and back when he had Derek Trucks band. I think we're living in a time where we will be able to look back and say yeah i got to see Derek trucks perform like the way that people talk about hendrix that oh yeah i got to see hendrix play and there's that like mystique oh man i feel that way about maybe adam's on to something he's gonna pay more attention i think he's gonna be a Rhett Scholl fan here (laughs) (laughs) well maybe we just don't let him listen to this episode that's right Mm -hmm. oh it's just funny on our way out you got to meet adam you'll love adam he's he's a great guitar player yeah he's You'll love them. Yeah. So when the funny thing is, is one day we name another on. guitar player. Oh yeah, any, 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 any <laughs> other, yeah, yeah, we got to yeah, recover yeah. from any this. guitar player. I'll also I'll throw Jason Isbell in there as well. Oh, okay. I'm I'm a huge just local guy. Oh God, I love Jason's music so much. I love him as a songwriter, and I I respect the fact that he's an amazing songwriter, amazing singer, and a killer guitar player mm. who understands the instrument and knows gear and knows how to play. I, I just love it. Awesome. All right, man. Hey, well, that's there we great. go. We that's recovered. Great. All, <laughs> we all recovered. answers are good here. Yeah. I just it was just funny that uh, that you said that. Yeah. So, anyways, but anyways, all right, man. Rhett, appreciate it a ton. Thanks for having yes, me, man. Man, thanks for being out here. Yeah, of course, everybody it. go to rettshoal.com and you can find everything else out. But uh, man, we'd love it. And maybe uh, down the road we can have you back on again sure. and fill us in with uh, the future plans. Love so, that. Appreciate awesome. it, man. Thank you, guys. Yep. Own a music store or sell guitars online? Need more inventory to stay competitive in today's market? MIRC is the nation's largest wholesaler of quality used guitars. Visit www.mircweb.com to become a dealer today. Thanks for listening to the Music Retail Show.